My very dear friends in Jesus and our Blessed Lady, you cannot possibly know how much it means for me to be here with you today. When I first received the invitation and knew that you were spending this day contemplating the sacred heart of Jesus, that in itself was enough for me. I, find my, I myself have a great devotion to the Sacred Heart. I, if there's not a particular saint or a feast on Friday, I'm, I'm always celebrating the votive mass of the Sacred Heart. I draw more strength, more hope, more joy contemplating the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's probably one of my favorite devotions. So the very fact that you're doing this means volumes. But it really only occurred to me during the week when I was asked what I would be preaching about and I said, oh, I haven't gotten that far yet. (laughs) (laughs) That I realized the concurrence. It was a year ago today, this very day, almost this very hour, that probably my closest friend, my closest priest friend, my greatest mentor, went home to the Lord. He had been sick since about the days of the Assumption of Mary, a day that was terribly important to him. He hadn't been sick in all his years, and yet he went through this terrible cross. And on November 16th, he went home to the Lord. I would say that there is no other priest who has shaped me more than Monsignor MacDonald. No other priest who has had such a powerful influence. I met him when I was 16 years old. And I was already on the path. I knew I wanted to be a priest. And he knew I wanted to be a priest. He had a way of sniffing it out of people. He was good. Many, many priests got their vocation from Monsignor MacDonald. But, so he didn't inspire me to be a priest. But he inspired me to be the priest that I want to be. The kind of priest I want to be. He has shaped me more than you will ever know. And probably my one sadness here, my one sadness that he never got to meet all of you and that you never got to meet him. This, a day like this would be, he'd be in his glory with the confessions and the devotion. He'd be in those confessions all day long. He would preach it during, around Christmas time. He'd say, all I want for Christmas is one good juicy sinner. <laughs> <laughs> And would spend days, days like Ash Wednesday. He wasn't into the ashes at all. He's <laughs> he would spend the day in the confessional. All day long. For us to encounter the heart of Jesus. The merciful heart of Jesus. And so, recalling his great devotion to the sacred heart, I, it dawned on me that this great concurrence that 
today it means so much to be able to be with you on this day. I'd like to share a poem with you about, well, I'd like to share a poem that I've carried with me for the last 20 years. I came across it in Magnificat 20 years ago by a woman named Rita Flansburg Simmons. She says, I believe. I believe because every day I wait to hold eternity in my hand. And I believe that something so small is so much greater. Something so flat has unknown dimensions that something so light carries the weight of the world. That something that can be broken is indivisible. That something that can be eaten can't disintegrate. That something I can manipulate is my creator. And so, I believe that you are here with me forever, hidden in the bread. This morning, like every morning, I held eternity in my hand. And then I ate it. And tomorrow I will do the same. God has become so constant and so believable. Imagine that. That every day we have the opportunity to touch Christ, to receive Christ, to hold Christ in our own hearts. Every day we touch eternity. God indeed has become so constant and so believable. That's really the heart of what we are celebrating today. As we look upon Jesus crucified, his side pierced with the lance, the blood and the water flowing from his side, we all see the images of the sacramental life of the church. But we see that God has become so real. God has become vulnerable. And in that vulnerability has given his life on the cross. There would be no sacred heart unless God chose to become human. So God chose to take on a human heart. There would be no Eucharist unless God had taken on a body to begin with. But you see, in his infinite providence, his infinite wisdom, his infinite goodness, 
God has chosen to live among us. God has chosen to take on our human flesh. To bear all of our burdens. To carry them with us. To accompany us along the way. But also to allow himself to be hurt. To die. To suffer. All out of love. All out of love. And yet, it doesn't stop there, does it? Because what God did some 2,000 years ago, God continues to give us over and over and over again. God has made himself so accessible to us. When you think about it, it's amazing. Moses, speaking in the desert, says to the Israelites, will you stop and think for a moment? Why on earth did God ever decide to pay attention to little old us? Who are we? And yet, God has chosen to love us, to be close to us. And friends, that was nothing. God led them through the desert, did amazing things. God revealed his will to them. But in comparison to what would come, if they were amazed by that, just wait and see what God would do, right? And now you see what God does every single day. Through the gift of the Eucharist, God continues to be among us in a very real, very tangible way. Not as a reminder or a remembrance, not as a holy object, but in the flesh. In the flesh. And he gives his flesh for us. God continues to be so accessible, so very close to us, offering his love and mercy. It's beautiful to see the approach to the sacrament here. And there's such, if I just step aside for a moment, I talk about you all the time. (laughs) Your ears must have been ringing all week long as I was at the bishops' conference. All I could talk about was you. But the beautiful culture of the sacrament of reconciliation that is here, all around us, the beautiful generosity of our priests who make themselves so available and proclaim with such great love and confidence the real mercy of God. One of the 
revelations to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, as Jesus says to her, in my sacred heart, the sinner will find oceans of mercy. Think of that. In my sacred heart, the sinner will find oceans of mercy. I tease when people say, what do you miss about Long Island? I say, my family in the ocean. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) But you stand and you look out at the beach and you look out at the ocean and what you you just see beyond what you could see is just uh, the ocean. You can't even take it in. It's so large. And yet Jesus says that's just the beginning of the depth of his love and mercy. When we celebrate the sacred heart of Jesus, what we realize is that God is indeed very close to us. Closer than anyone could ever imagine. And that God is always calling us, drawing us in, drawing us to those oceans of mercy. There is nothing beyond God's mercy. And he gives it to us in a very real, tangible way through the sacrament of reconciliation in confession. When we can open our hearts to God Simply and honestly, we find those oceans of mercy. We're drawn into his sacred heart. That's the beauty. And one of the great, you know, whenever we deal with having to make things right, we often have to come up with all kinds of excuses and justifications, right, in the world. We always have to do that. But we don't have to do that. We just say, I did it. I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's over. (laughs) It's over. God forgives. So many times I've encountered people, I say this all the time, so many times I've encountered people who will say, I cannot forgive myself. We carry such tremendous baggage in this world. I cannot forgive myself. My simple answer is this. You don't have to. You don't need to forgive yourself. God is doing the forgiving. What you need to do is to let God be God. You see, the mercy of God is not about forgiving yourself. It's letting God be God. God chooses to forgive you. God chooses to forgive me because he loves us. Because he wants to draw me deeper into that sacred heart. It's not, it doesn't matter about what, what, what I think. The number one thing when we're carrying these tremendous burdens is to let God be God. And so today really is 
if you will, about thanksgiving. Giving gratitude to God. Recognizing the great gift that God indeed has made himself so accessible. That God has come to live among us. That God has come to give his life. And he gives himself to us over and over and over again. The oceans of mercy. Let us give thanks. Simply stare in awe and wonder at this great gift of God's accessibility to us. Indeed, today we will hold eternity in our hands, on our tongues. God is indeed so close to us.